0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: From the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason, this is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.
2: And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you on this Tuesday. A lot of things to talk about. As you know, one of the things that's dominated conversation for many, many days now. What in the world? What in the world have we seen in our skies in recent days? And who knows how long this has been going on with revelations that some of these events go back to the Trump administration. With this in mind, at this hour, U.S. Senators are getting a classified briefing on the matter of objects getting shot out of the skies above North America. Classified briefing. Now, who knows when we're going to find out any additional information. But a Senate aide told reporters about this all senators classified briefing yesterday saying the meeting would be held at 10 this morning, which is right now. Senators also slated for a classified briefing on China for Wednesday. Now, the one today will focus on the mysterious object shot down over the weekend. And on Sunday, the U.S. military shot down an unidentified flying object over Lake Huron in Michigan. This is the fourth object since February 4th. Fourth object. that an unidentified object shot down over North America. The Defense Department or DOD said President Biden just before 2.42 p.m. directed an F-16 to fire... An AM 9X missile to shoot down an airborne object flying at nearly 20,000 feet over Lake Huron. That would certainly make very clear the concern about aviation. This is definitely airline territory if you're talking about 20,000 feet. The DoD raised concerns about the path and the altitude. Noting it could be a hazard to civilian aviation. No kidding. The location chosen for the shoot-down afforded us the opportunity to avoid impact to people on the ground while improving chances for debris recovery. No indications of any civilians hurt or otherwise affected. For good reasons, U.S. and Canadian authorities restricted some airspace over the lake. On Sunday, as planes were scrambling to intercept and try to identify this object. So the U.S. has shot down four objects over North America the past week. The first, that Chinese spy balloon off the coast of South Carolina, February 4th. The second and third, believed to be smaller balloons, shot down over Alaska and Canada. So... Classified briefing underway right now and a classified briefing on China coming tomorrow for senators only, of course. So we wait to learn more information about what is going on. One thing we do know about what's going on economically I'm curious as to what's going on in your world. What is your financial situation like? Inflation for January up by half a percentage point. Point 0.1 increase in December. The CPI was up 6.4% from the same period in 2022, both numbers higher than expected. Across the board, increases in shelter, food, energy boosted that index after we saw some signs that inflation was receding in recent months. So we've got an uptick. Rising shelter, gas, and fuel prices. What are you noticing, and what's the impact as you do the numbers in your household? Excluding volatile food and energy, the core CPI increased 0.4% monthly, 5.6% from a year ago. Following the release, Dow Jones futures around flat, which means they were anticipating something like this. Generally, the Dow, those who are trading, don't like surprises, And if this pretty much meets their expectations, they're good. They've already cooked this into whatever it is they're doing. Rising shelter costs accounted for about half the monthly increases here. That component accounts for about a third of the index of 0.7% on the month, 7.9% from a year ago. Energy, also a significant contributor. Food costs up half a percent. Rising prices, well, that means a loss in real pay for workers. Average hourly earnings fell 0.2% for the month. Did you notice that? So these prices are up. But what you're receiving is not up. It's actually down down 1.8% from a year ago. While price increases had been abating in recent months, January's data shows inflation still a force in a U.S. economy in danger of slipping into recession this year, despite Federal Reserve efforts to quell the problem. Central Bank has hiked its benchmark interest rates eight times since March of last year, with inflation rising to its highest levels in 41 years last summer. So I am curious. How are things shaping up in your household? What's the real impact? And we've heard all these stories. The stories about, what is it, 60 70% of the people in this country who are pretty much living paycheck to paycheck. And this is going up to relatively high income levels. So it's certainly a cause for concern. Which is why I want to hear your stories and how you are really doing. Oh, this is pretty ugly. This texture out of the upstate. Just did taxes, our utilities. Duke, Piedmont, water. Up a1,000 dollars from last year. Whoo, man. That is quite a bite. Painful, to say the least. But what could ease this pain how about love (laughs) as you know this is Valentine's Day I'm also curious on this day what are your plans do you have anything special in store for someone special in your life and for that matter this is addressed to a lot of guys do you care (laughs) just being honest straightforward what are your plans and for that matter, do you care? Is this just a day that you just tolerate? It's like, you know what? Let's just get on to the 15th and forget about this day. <laughs> Love to get your thoughts as we continue our broadcast. Still to come, are going to talk about an important presidential announcement. Another one could be not far behind. That much more as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. <laughs> Like to join the conversation? The GS Plumbing Talk Line, 800 928 1110. Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. So, what are your thoughts on what we have discussed thus far? (sighs) Let's start here. Hmm. This text is saying, we're senior citizens. The only reason why we're making it is because our home and vehicles are paid for. And my husband is still working. Wow. That's certainly a lot. On these objects. So what do they shoot down? They didn't know the first one was here. It was allowed to fly across the country. How many spies are allowed to cross the southern border daily. Very good question. Vince, concerning the balloons, the first one flew across the U.S., shot down finally off the coast of South Carolina. The blowback on Biden was warranted. I really take these other instances with a suspicious mind. Maybe he wants to look better after letting China get what they needed. Also suspicious. There are no pictures. See, I'm very curious about that, too. Are there pictures and video? The people going up in these planes to take them down, are they shooting these? Any video? Just curious. Vince G's, we're already in a recession. We don't eat out much anymore, and there won't be any vacations. Wow, how many of you are in the same place? During President Ego and before President Incompetent, Every everything financially was good. Now it's becoming a struggle. Having to hit retirement funds that had already dropped. Wow, that's gotta be a real hit. I love that phrase. President ego and president incompetent. (laughs) That is good. Then serious. Get off balloon garbage. The Pentagon is lying. They are lying to avert from the military blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline. Oh, okay. So that's what's going on. Also add to this, this texture says North Carolina insurance wants to raise the rates 28.4%. Boy, that will just be wonderful, wouldn't it? Also... Vince, I'm barely making it these days. We've canceled all our streaming services, including Amazon Prime. Now have only antenna service and free streaming for entertainment options. We now only go out to eat once a week as a special treat. Folks, did you see you hear what's going on here? This is a thing. People's lifestyles are changing as a result of what's going on economically. Is that happening in your home as well? Very curious. So let me the straights they're trying to say by not actually denying these objects are UFOs and we're to assume they mean the same UFOs that travel multiple the speeds of our aircraft can travel and can maintain those speeds and turn at right angles that we can't even track. You know it's uh, it's kind of like what we're hearing here, isn't it? <laughs> A lot of mystery. Vince, I got a 10% raise, and I'm worse off now than before. Sorry to hear that, Roger. What else do we have here? Never celebrated the corporate money holiday. (laughs) Love your partner every day, not just on a holiday. You know, that's some great advice, isn't it? Vince, Valentine's Day is a scam. Cooked up by the card, candy, jewelry, and flower cartels. The only phonier holiday is Earth Day. (laughs) I love this one. That is really clever. Vince, I'm still holding down two jobs, trying to stay afloat. Working both of them today, as a matter of fact, just trying to keep my head above water. But there's some good news. I just saved at least $100 on this Valentine's Day by staying single. Yeah, baby! (laughs) Jeff, I would expect nothing less. That's pretty funny. Let us see. Vince, living paycheck to paycheck here. Learned a long time ago there's no incentive to save since the Federal Reserve destroys your savings through inflation. Freedom is destroyed as you become a slave to your job. Um, No need to worry about inflation as long as the folks in D.C. still get to live as large as ever. Yeah, this doesn't change for them, does it? They are doing great. I very quickly want to get to some audio. This is an announcement that was just made this morning. Did you hear about this? This is an announcement about the election. Actually, I don't think we have time to play this before the break. So... We're going to wait until after the break to go into that. On the economic front, it probably is a good time for those of you in the Charlotte area. I I promise I'm not trying to depress you with this news. But at some point, you've got to hear about it. The city of Charlotte is going to ask the North Carolina legislature... To raise taxes for transit and roads over GOP objections. You should know that your loyal Republicans stood firm. Tark Bakari, Ed Driggs, the lone Republicans, were the sole opposing votes for this. Charlotte City Council advanced a plan to ask the legislature to increase taxes to pay for a transportation uh, package of improvements. This was a discussion about federal and state legislative agendas. The vote 8-2. to two, Eight Democrats, two Republicans. The mobility section of the state agenda says the city will work with the General Assembly to get a ballot measure that includes a permanent source of revenues for regional and local roadway, bicycle, pedestrian, greenway, and public transportation systems. Funding for the future of Charlotte's transportation... Could come in the form of a sales tax. Aligned at the bottom of receipts from shopping trips. The Charlotte area transit system has relied on a half cent transit tax to fund itself for more than two decades. I remember when we had, I think that was also a referendum. Half cent. So now the discussion is about increasing this by one penny. Or 1%. It would transform Charlotte's transportation system, according to these officials. The Mecklenburg County Board of Commissioners, not the city council, would levy the new tax. One of the members of the council saying, the way our city's growing, we just can't afford to not even take a single step or be afraid to take a single step forward. So, uh, This is a clear message about our priorities, according to Mayor Pro Tem Braxton Winston. How excited are you about the possibility of another tax hike? Wonderful. Just what you need. (laughs) Stay with us.
1: is the Vince Coakley radio program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing talk line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now back to Vince. Yeah, and it's sad to see uh, yet
2: again... We had a shooting that occurred. This one on the campus of Michigan State University. The government opening fire Monday night on the campus, killing three people, wounding five more, before fatally shooting himself. They found him four hours after the shootings, a situation where authorities in hot pursuit... 43-year-old man, confronted by police, ultimately killed himself. Self-inflicted gunshot wound. Lots of mystery here. The man was not a student or employee. No affiliation with Michigan State. So, the reasons behind this remain a mystery at this point. Let's talk about 2024. 2024. One of the big questions months ago, people were raising. Will there be a real presidential contest on the Republican side? Is that in store? There are those who some time ago would have predicted once Donald Trump announced, everybody else would stay out of this. Not so. We've got one announcement that's been made and others possibly on the way. Now I have a feeling many of you within the sound of my voice are going to laugh when you hear this But um, I just want you to know What's happening? The reaction that I've seen so far because this announcement is not a surprise uh, Has been mostly negative. I don't I don't think a lot of our listeners especially those in South Carolina are pleased with this particular woman Who would like to be president? Let's listen together to her announcements. Here it is.
3: The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants, not black, not white. I was different, but my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have seen evil. In China, they commit genocide. In Iran, they murder their own people for challenging the government. And when a woman tells you about watching soldiers throw her baby into a fire, it puts things in perspective. Even on our worst day, we are blessed to live in America. I was born and raised in South Carolina, so I have seen the very best of our country. People here threw out the old, tired political establishment and demanded accountability for their tax dollars. Industry reports called us the beast of the Southeast, which I love. People came by the thousands for fresh starts. Moms and dads held their heads up high. Children learned that it was always It's a great day in South Carolina. It's a great day. It's a great day. A great day. A great day in South Carolina. We were strong. We were proud. And when evil did come. Police in South Carolina are looking for a gunman following a shooting at a church.
2: Several victims, we don't know the uh, severity. We
3: turned away from fear toward God and the values that still make our country the freest and greatest in the world. We must turn in that direction again. Republicans have lost the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That has to change. Joe Biden's record is abysmal, but that shouldn't come as a surprise. The Washington establishment has failed us over and over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility, secure our border, and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. Some people look at America and see vulnerability. The socialist left sees an opportunity to rewrite history. China and Russia are on the march. They all think we can be bullied, kicked around. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president.
2: <laughs> it's so moving. <laughs> I'm, I'm being facetious, of course. <laughs> I'm not making fun of Nikki Haley. Just having a little fun, okay? Just loosen up. What do you think? Are you impressed? Is that a compelling message? Very curious. As to <laughs> one Texture knows me all too well. Insert Vince snoring noise. <laughs> you guys are terrible. Really terrible. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Nikki Haley is one of the World Economic Forum Young Leaders, which counts her out in my book. Jim out of Easley, Vince, it would be a really great day in South Carolina if Icky Nikki would leave South Carolina. <laughs> I'm serious, you folks in the upstate are brutal. This texture saying I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> Nikki is full of it. She's just like Romney and help Democrats with every issue. She'll probably remove the American flag because it's racist. Wow. I'm serious. This is brutal. Absolutely brutal stuff. Oh, my goodness. Some of this stuff. I hope Nikki doesn't get one vote. I'm serious. When I tell you this text line, text line is scrolling. It is really, it's really bad. (laughs) It's scrolling. And most of the stuff, I'm serious, is along the lines of what you just heard. It's very, very negative. Vince, love your show. You bring great perspectives to the issues we are all experiencing in life. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> and uh, glad to also provide some entertainment to you as well. Much more as we continue the broadcast Including conversation about another South Carolinian who has his eyes on the presidency. We'll talk about him when we continue. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, and we have some breaking news for you. Are you ready for this? Boy, is this going to get some things stirred up. You know, I kind of wonder whether the release of this information has any connection at all to the classified briefing that is going on. At least it was supposed to happen at 10 o'clock this morning. Are you ready for this? You might want to sit down. Because it's a little disconcerting. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Chief of Staff, has revealed that the first U.S. missile that was fired at an unidentified object over Lake Huron actually missed the target and landed harmlessly in the water. It was the second one that successfully hit. This acknowledgement by General Mark Milley of the errant strike coming amid questions about whether the shootdown of aerial objects military officials say didn't pose a threat is creating unnecessary risk. <laughs> The object taken down Sunday the 3rd in as many days to be shot from the skies. The White House said the object's different in size and maneuverability from a Chinese surveillance balloon. U.S. fighter jet shot down earlier this month, but their altitude was low enough to pose a risk to civilian airspace. Milley said the Pentagon works to make sure the airspace is clear and to evaluate the potential debris field before embarking on such a strike. But again... This revelation just minutes ago, the first U.S. missile that was fired at the unidentified object over Lake Huron missed the target. But the second one hit the mark. What are your thoughts? (laughs) This gets weirder every day, doesn't it? Weirder every day. And I'm still getting the texts on Nikki Haley. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How about this one? Well, Nikki Romney, or should I say, Mitty Haley, talked a great game, but she has a reputation of saying one thing and doing another. She's a Bush Republican, a.k.a. Rhino. One that Rush warned us about. But I think she'll get walloped in the primaries. One of the questions, and I'll see if I can find the way this person worded it, and I think it's a very fair question. A very fair question to ask about her running. This person saying Nikki was ashamed of her state when she was governor. She said it with Obama in her rebuttal to a State of the Union address. This one saying. I'm fairly certain Haley will do anything to get elected. She has zero morals. (laughs) Nikki running for POTUS. I'll bet she can't win her home state. There's another text here that I I just can't read. It's, It's tacky. Very tacky. Vince, she looks great on paper. I think Nikki is a good candidate. The only people that hate her are Confederate holdovers mad because of her stance on the flag, which she handled well. So there you go. Sampling of opinions on Nikki Haley. There is another person who is waiting in the wings. And who knows? We may have an announcement on this very, very soon. By the way, give you a heads up. Transformation Tuesday minutes away. It is power pack today because we're going to, I don't know that we're going to finish touching on an important subject. We're going to address the revival subject from two angles. You'll be quite intrigued. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, according to the Daily Beast, is gearing up to jump into the race for president with a message sharply contrasting that of former President Donald Trump Scott is the only black Republican in the Senate, plans to test a message focused on unity and optimism, and is excited to share his vision of hope and opportunity and hear the American people's response. That's the word from Jennifer DeCasper, a senior advisor of Scott. We need to reach out and have Tim Scott in this program again. As the GOP deals with how to move on from Trump and Trumpism, Scott would enter a field that's set to include... Nikki Haley, who you just heard about, despite Florida Governor Ron DeSantis not formally declaring a candidacy, Trump's already gone scorched earth on him and has set plans to derail Nikki Haley. Scott has positioned himself as a rising star in the party, chosen as the Republican deliver response to President Joe Biden's joint address to Congress back in 2021. He's already set to speak in South Carolina Thursday during a Black History Month celebration. Followed by a stop in Iowa, the first state in the Republican primary, later this month. So what do you think? Tim Scott jumping in. What does he have to say? And are you ready to hear it? Quite curious about your thoughts along those lines. So this is getting more interesting by the day, as we will actually have a presidential contest question is, how long does it last? Who will be the first voted off the island? <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll follow it all.
1: This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you
1: from the heart of the carolinas a voice in the wilderness a thought-provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense but some people without brains do an awful lot of talking don't they yes
2: i guess you're right
1: this is the vince coakley radio program
2: sometimes journalism happens in the most interesting of places In fact, this reported by a television station I used to work for, WKYT, Channel 27 in Lexington. I love the way this story is written, as opposed to, I'm I'm just going to be very straightforward honest with you, the Christian Publications. Here's the headline for WKYT. The longest church service at Asbury since 1970 has been happening nonstop since Wednesday. In a little bit, I'm going to get to the word that so many Christian outlets have been using, which I think has been bastardized. We'll get to that later. Let me tell you what's been happening. For over 100 hours people have filled the rows of Hughes Auditorium at Asbury University to worship it's being referred to now by the community as a revival began Wednesday spontaneously when students felt the urge to stay after the mandatory chapel service the president of Asbury Kevin Brown said we're unique because three times a week we stop everything that we're doing and gather for a chapel service together this is just a service that has not ended Since Wednesday, the phenomenon has spread all throughout social media with churches and other campuses bringing busloads of people to the chapel. Lloyd Nineber never heard of Asbury before, but after seeing the social media post, drove seven hours from guess where? North Carolina to see the revival in Wilmore for himself. Nineber saying with what's going on in the world and all the darkness, this was like light and light coming through. I wanted to see what was going on and see God moving. A revival like this is not uncommon for Asbury. Back in 1970, a similar service lasted two weeks. Since then, there hasn't been an active worship of this length. Students, community members, continue to find peace in dwelling and worshiping in the chapel and say they don't see signs of stopping anytime soon. The student body president saying we're just sitting with him. It's just deeply gentle and deeply loving. Just a glimpse of what I think heaven will look like. They're encouraging people to come to Asbury and see the revival for themselves. If it's for 20 minutes, a couple of hours, for the week. Can't lose anything, but you can gain everything. The message out of Wilmore, Kentucky... I have a number of friends who have gone to that school. They have a very prominent seminary there. And full disclosure, I'm also planning probably on a future visit if this is still going on. I might very well make the 30-minute trip from Lexington next time to go there. uh, If time permits, I'll just be very curious to check it out. So I want to as well share with you a couple of items from a couple of really good friends of mine because it expresses my heart regarding these matters. Let me just say for purposes of understanding where I'm coming from. I don't generally like the use of the word revival in the way it is used most of the time it's a reference to church services and my heart and concern is that we move beyond that if you if you've been listening to this program if you heard what I started to share with you on Friday a great piece by Tim Keller we may continue today where he's talking about real revival. Now, here is where I part from where many people are. There are a lot of people who get excited about church services. I I don't think these things have to be against each other. I think there's something to experiencing extraordinary manifestations of God's presence. That's wonderful. There has to be an outgrowth of that that manifests itself in real human transformation and social transformation. If neither one of those things happen, I remain skeptical. And that's really honestly where I am today. Let me share with you a couple of posts from dear friends of mine, beginning with Steve Crosby. (laughs) I love his heading for this that he posted just today. Crabby old man rant warning. I've been a lifelong charismatic believer for lack of a better term, though hardcore modern charismatics want nothing to do with me, which doesn't bother me at all. So I've been a lifelong charismatic 50 years, seen a lot, the marvelous, the good, the bad, and the ugly. My beef with the state of affairs in modern Pentecostalism and charismaticdom that I've experienced is neither have an anthropology sociology or ethics worth a dime and revival is not the solution Wow I think you understand where Steve's coming from he's talking about substance anthropology sociology what's he talking about he's talking about relationship ethics if that doesn't change we've just made a bunch of noise And we have this, I so appreciate this, from Lauren. Lauren used to be a youth pastor years ago. Lauren's one of those people I met years ago, and they're just people you meet. You can just clearly sense the heart of Jesus when you spend time with him. Lauren's one of those people. Here's what he posted on social media the other day. I keep seeing posts about a revival that has broken out at a university. My thinking on this is, we'll know soon enough. You see, revival is not a bunch of people being moved by Christian music, and as my friend Steve Crosby says, getting their Jesus buzz. It is community committed to embracing the ethics of Jesus Christ taught in the Sermon on the Mount are they choosing to love and forgive their enemies are they putting aside all forms of retaliation and violence and committed to being peacemakers are their hearts turning towards caring for the poor marginalized and the outcasts in other words is love as an action at its core following Jesus actually looks like something that is witnessed and experienced by the communities in which the followers live Anything else is just more religious noise. I'm a skeptic until I see the poor being fed, housed, and clothed, the LGBTQ community embraced and welcomed, the elderly and disabled cared for, people from opposing political and societal groups laying down their lives for one another, etc., a big group singing together for days is just Christian Woodstock. Unless the community actually witnesses and experiences the love of the Father firsthand. My goodness. When I read this from Lauren the other day, I was like, yes, yes, yes. That phrase, Christian Woodstock, Man, that'll preach. Want to get your thoughts as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program talking about the events at Wilmore University in actually it's Asbury University in Wilmore Kentucky and uh, let me clarify something I said earlier to kind of put all of this together I do think there can be some special times of refreshing that ultimately manifest themselves in changing us That then impacts the community we're a part of and beyond. Though all of these things go together. They're not things that I want to portray as being against each other. I will say, though, that the current religious culture, which is very much one I would refer to as being a consumer culture, is about indulgence. And it never moves from inside a building. Over on the text line, this texter responding says, yes and no. Where two or more are gathered in my name, then I will hear. Prayer is powerful and called for. That is from share. I agree the poor need to be helped, not taken care of. They should be helped by the church and by individuals, not the government. They should pull their own weight. Embrace the LGBT community? What are you, who, what are you kidding? Jesus, would say, go and sin no more. That's what he said to the prostitute. Before we go further with that, would you not say he embraced the woman at the well? He engaged her, he related to her. He did not engage her at arm's length with a sign that said, said, stay away, whore. I'm, I'm just being blunt here. Because we really have to ask ourselves the question as to whether, and and you'd have to hear the whole context of things I've communicated about this before, but the first step in any gospel presentation is identification. That's what Jesus did. And many of us don't get there because we've already projected basically what I would call hateful moralism. To the point where nobody wants to hear anything else we have to say beyond that. So. There's got to be a place of engagement first. That's what I'm saying. We'll continue this text. Jesus would say go and sin no more. That's what he said the prostitute. The moral truth. uh, They are no different. And for us to embrace them. She means legitimize their lifestyle. That's not Christian. No that's not what Lauren is saying. He is saying. Embrace them as people, as human beings. We continue on. Christians need to have the courage to spread the moral truth. End of story. And apparently you don't, Vince, when it comes to this issue. How many sins are we supposed to embrace? See, you're not even listening. This tells me me everything I need to know about where you're coming from and where a good part of the church is coming from. You aren't even hearing what I said. How are you going to hear these folks? Christians need to have the courage to spread the moral truth into story. Apparently you don't when it comes to the issue. How many sins are we supposed to embrace? God doesn't send the sin to hell. God sends the sinner to hell. Vince, I think many churches are embracing the LGBT community. Problem is they're embracing the lifestyle, which is not supposed to be embraced. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Boy, a lot of people really... Stuck on this issue let me just clarify I don't know I've not talked to Lauren about this particular aspect as I understand Lauren what he's talking about here is embracing people no matter who they are I would tell you that I think in a unique way the church has projected a an ire a contempt for people in this community in ways they've not communicated toward anybody else how do i know this i've been around here for more than 50 years i've been watching and i hear from people and hear their stories and i know what's going on and what they are getting from church and religious people i'll, I'll just tell you i'm not a violent person at all ironic based on what i just shared but some of these some of us I'm just going to say, and I'm going to put myself in, in this part of the group. Some of us need a good kick in the ass for the way we've behaved. I'm just saying it. And using our moralism to justify the fact that we've just not loved people. Many of us don't know how, and we don't care to know how. I'm going to share just one item from the Tim Keller article. I'm going to save this without going into all of it right now. Because this, to me, this article, the American Christianity due for a revival, and and I love the context by which he is referring to revival, I fully embrace, because he's talking about something substantive. This is not about meetings and services. He's talking about the substance of who we are and how we live. Here's the third item. He mentions the church in the u.s. Can grow again if it embraces the global and multi-ethnic character of Christianity by 2050 nearly one in five Americans will be foreign born and these immigrants will likely come from the more religious parts of the world immigrants bring their faith with them Christianity in East Asia grew from 1.2 percent of the population in 1970 to 10.5 percent of the population in 2020 isn't it interesting what's happening in East Asia as opposed to the downturn here in America and other parts of the Western world. Chinese and Korean immigrant communities have started as many as hundreds of churches in New York alone since the late 70s. Protestantism in Latin America has grown explosively, particularly through the Pentecostal and evangelical denominations, and these Christians are coming to the US. The combination of secular Americans having fewer children and the increasing immigration of religious people leads some observers to argue secularization is likely to stall in America by 2050. Established majority white denominations often welcome ethnic congregations to grow their numbers but don't always open the doors of power and leadership to them. If the fastest growing non-white U.S. churches are supported by the church's power structure in a non-paternalistic way, and if their leaders are consistently embraced and included at all levels, then the public face of the church will look very different and much more credible. What's the point Tim Keller is making here? The point I've been making to you about politics. We've done the same thing in the church we've done in the political system. It's a fraternity. It is. And I can tell you from my experience, I spent many years as part of a predominantly white Christian organization that did a lot of lip service to concern about people outside. But there was really no tangible no tangible behavior that demonstrated anything of substance. None. It was a fraternity. And based on, you know, and I'm just going to say this. You know, I know people have their preferences, music, preaching, whatever. That's not even the issue. I think it was Martin Luther King who said the most segregated hour in America is 11 to 12. 12. And it is. And that, in many ways, has not changed, has it? So it's not just a matter of members. It's a matter of leadership. Something to think about. <laughs> Much more as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. Vince, I hope you didn't misinterpret my last text. I think we, the church, are way overdue for a lengthy discussion. Shouting people down, telling them they're going to hell, (laughs) is definitely not the way to go. You think? (laughs) Neither is the Joel Osteen method. There needs to be a balance in between. Yep. I tried social church before, which is where a bunch of so-called Christians get together some weekly event. It was too clicky. My friend and I quit that after one month. We can talk all this over whenever we meet. Oh, so you think we're going to meet and talk about this? (laughs) I always enjoy your post. Uh, I love how thoughtful Jeff is. Vince, I was just wondering if we have to embrace the LGBTQ whatever why are they not embracing us? Why do they not understand where we're coming from? Hmm. With our children. And then we push back on them. Only because if we push back on them, we're accused of being white supremacists and racists. Like I said in my earlier text, I do not look at people what they are. I look at people for who they are. I taught my children that. I taught my grandchildren that. But people all have to understand, we're all different. If you're a good person, I'll be your friend. I will help you. I'll do whatever. But if you're going to be a nasty person who's going to try to push your way of living, your lesbianism, your gay, whatever on my family and on my children, well, that's another story. We're going to have an issue. Yeah. <sighs> Really interesting text here, you know, let me just say to you one of the things I think we've got to learn to do and this is part of what uh, I'm growing in this We need to understand if we are followers of Christ we've got to remember that we are strangers and pilgrims and we've got to avoid Let's not put a political agenda ahead of our kingdom agenda I want you to think about what you said, for instance, about people, okay, great, I, I, I need to accept them, but do they show that respect to me? You got this backwards. Think about Jesus. Why do we love him? Is because he loved us first, right? Not because we were looking for him. Just something to think about. And the, the older I get, the more I realize, And I don't care if it's the gay, lesbian groups. I, I'm just saying humanity in general. I, I find myself, as I get older, I find people more and more who just, they don't even know how to love. They don't even know how to communicate. And this is where we as Christians ought to excel. We ought to be more in demand now than ever, providing solutions. But unfortunately, many of us, rather than being part of the solution are part of the problem, we're making a whole lot of noise and a lot of times not providing the love and the path toward reconciliation that we need to be just putting that out there. On the subject of culture wars, get a load of this. A new bill in Idaho would open schools and public libraries to lawsuits for allowing minors to obtain books, films, and other media that depict sexual content deemed offensive. This legislation would allow parents to sue schools and libraries if employees gave their child harmful material or if the institution failed to take reasonable steps to restrict access to harmful materials for minors. The bill mirrors a current Idaho law that prohibits giving children under 18 harmful materials that features nudity, sexual conduct, sexual excitement, or sadomasochistic abuse when it's lewd. Or patently offensive to prevailing standards among adults yeah you know, again I this still blows my mind you have to even pass a law but this is where we are right now I'm not saying that we ought to keep all this material away from uh, information about sexuality away from growing people but again this is something for parents to engage until someone's 18 years old and some of the stuff that young and i mean young 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 kids are getting exposed to it's really way out of control by the way sexual conduct under the law includes depictions of masturbation homosexuality sexual intercourse and physical contact with genitals and female breasts what do you think about this is this Appropriate? You think this is too far? I mean, it goes back to the conversation about the parental empowering legislation here in North Carolina and Florida, wherever. I, I still have a hard time understanding what is the correct context to share these kinds of materials with, let's say, a third or fourth grader, and below. Help me understand why. A child of this age should be able to go to the library or anywhere else and access this. But I'm open to a contrary point of view. We've talked a lot about these transgender issues. Been a lot in the news lately. And I mentioned to you what's happening in the United Kingdom. How they're moving away from this so-called gender-affirming care. Breitbart has an interesting story about an ongoing lawsuit that involves these transgender issues. UK Health Agency ignored concerns over child transgenderism for financial gain. Boy, there's a shocker. The infamous UK government-run Tavistock Child Transgenderism Clinic has been accused by one expert of having ignored medical concerns for financial gain. This is among a series of shocking claims by a former governor. Dr. David Bell, former governor of the now infamous Tavistock and Portman NHS Foundation Trust, has alleged the Health Services Gender Identity Development Service ignored issues involving how transgenderism was being pushed onto children for financial gain. Bell has become one of Britain's most prominent critics of the service. By the way, it was ordered to wind down last year after a report found it was not a safe service for children to be subjected to. Imagine that. According to a report in the UK's establishment-adjacent newspaper of record, The Times, further revelations into the questionable operations of GIDS are to be published in a book later this week, which will contain testimony from a number of experts linked to the clinic. In the book, Dr. Bell is said to describe the Tavistock Trust as benefiting immensely from the GIDS service with a service proving to be like gold dust financially for the NHS linked operation with any criticism the child genderism services operation being sidelined as a result. What a surprise. All about money. And they had to shut this thing down. I hope... I hope this kind of revelation comes to America. We can only hope. Stay with us. On the Vince Coakley radio program, on this legislation in Idaho, I believe, Vince, I don't think it goes far enough. I think those materials not only shouldn't be accessible until it's age appropriate, and then age appropriate should only be determined by the parents, and I agree with it being criminalized. I think it's just disgusting how they want to sexualize the youth of our nation so that they can be happy with their own choices. Yep, this is about affirmation for adults. I've said this plenty of times folks These are people trying in many cases to extort an identity out of you Just putting that out there This texture from the upstate truth without love is ineffective But love without truth is hypocrisy. I have to be careful not to love someone to destruction. That is from Max. Just a sampling of some of the items here. Also this, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Parents can share those materials. The sexual stuff. Pedophilia is now becoming acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. It is a very different world than the one that we grew up in, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, I, I have to go over some of this. I have to be really careful. Vince the left, they don't seem to have a problem with Rihanna. The Scarlet Woman of Babylon coming down from the sky surrounded by unborn spirits, which was very occultish at halftime of the Super Bowl. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This is a really profound text. If we're followers of Christ, we follow him. Many in the church have decided he follows us. Ooh. That's pretty... uh, staggering but i get your observation there time for us to take a look at the day in history christopher how are you doing good vince happy valentine's day hey same to you man you, you have any special plans today
4: oh i'm in the midst of them you know i kind of make it up valentine's week it's valentine's season around my place so oh good for you yeah love is the coal that makes this train roll
2: Ooh, I like this. I have to remember that one. (laughs) Love is the cold that makes this train roll. I can't take credit for that. That's impressive. Well, we have a lot of items here as we take a look at the day in history. We began way back in the year 270. Remember where we started our discussion. This saint was beheaded by order of Claudius the Cruel because he kept marrying people. Who was this saint? They beheaded a saint?
4: Yes. I, I I don't know. I I, I don't. Oh know. come on! What were we just talking about? Oh Valentine's. There saint you Valentine. Go. Okay, very good. Saint yes. Valentine got beheaded. Yep. Oh
2: my! Yep.
4: They don't yes. mention that in the Hallmark of shop.
2: Of course not. Man. Why would you? That's not very romantic sounding, is it? I
4: don't know how I'm going to have a happy Valentine's. Is that going to put
2: you in the mood to go and celebrate well, with your beloved? There's you some know?
4: weirdos out there that might work for. Her. I'm not one of them.
2: <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone and keep it moving. My goodness, seventeen seventy nine. Um, this guy was killed by Hawaiian natives on his third visit to the islands. Didn't work out too well. 1779. That was... uh, Do you happen to know that one, by chance? Uh, uh, it's, it's It's... No. Captain Cook. Captain Cook was the guy. And you want to talk about a really bad Valentine's Day? How about 1884? Teddy Roosevelt's wife and his mother both died within hours of each other.
4: Have you seen his journal entry from that day? No. Tell me about it. Uh, the love has left my life or the light has left my life, oh, I believe he wrote. Right. That's all he wrote in his diary for that day is the that light is so has sad. left my life. Oh gosh. Uh how, so, how en- terrible. Enjoy your time with your loved ones today. Oh, really embrace I I mean, it.
2: Tell you uh, yeah, but we're really making people feel good, aren't we? Yeah, figuratively uh, and literally. You embrace know, the, your love. Oh, and, and it you know the hits keep coming. Nineteen twenty nine We had the Valentine's Day Massacre in Chicago, a gang war between Capone and and Moran. The Bugs lost, by the way. 1886, the first trainload of oranges left California. 1949, the U.S. charged this country had 14 million people in internment and labor camps. Remember what was going on at the time between us and this other country? Japan, yeah, we have, No, we this was, heard the Japanese, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did. This was the USSR that we were charging with having people in internment camps. Uh Greece opened at the Eden Theater in 1972. Armed guerrillas attacked the U.S. Embassy in Tehran, 1979. You remember that? Oh, yes, I do. And Iran's Supreme Leader issued a fatwa on Salman Rushdie, who is still alive. In 2018, we had Marjorie Stoneman. Uh, Lots of horrible things happen on this day. Try to forget those and enjoy your day. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. We're back tomorrow, Lord willing. Adios.
1: This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.